So we're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us today, and happy holidays. It is the season. It is the season. I am Josh. And I continue to be Lennon. I hope so. And this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. Topics that you may have heard of, but don't know the full story of yet. Well, we're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and let you come to your own conclusions. We will do the research, so you don't have to, unless you want to, and go ahead. On today's episode, we dive into a series of UFO sightings that happened in our nation's capital back in 1952. These sightings were recorded and documented on the National Airport and Andrews Airport radars. The CIA put together a team to investigate if these flying saucers were a threat to national security. What were these sightings? And is there a rational explanation? Is there a rational explanation for them? Well, sit back. Relax and put your tinfoil hats on as we dive into the 1952 Washington, D.C. UFO incident. That's a long title. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> and the team they put together, just a little spoiler, we had Iron Man, we had Captain America, Thor, and the Hulk. And Elon Musk. Well, naturally. naturally. Like he was the financier. Yeah. He was Iron Man. It's actually not Tony Stark. He, You know, he is like Tony Stark. He really is, right? <laughs> if Tony Stark was South American. <laughs> and... Well, was slightly balding back in the day and got hair plugs. <laughs> and also totally the opposite of Tony Stark. It's true. A man who just gets all the women he wants. Pretty much he's just smart. <laughs> <laughs> very, 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 very smart. They got that in common. They do. And they both want to protect the world by putting a uh, suit of armor around it. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't do that. He does. I was watching a video. He has a... Uh, for his Tesla cars, uh-huh. there's like this robot that um, will, when you park your car in the garage, uh-huh. it'll plug itself into your car. Oh, really? It looks like a giant fucking penis. <laughs> so <laughs> he makes this joke. He goes, yeah, just uh, don't bend over when the prototype's around. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, kind of funny. You got a sense of humor, That's Elon. Funny. I like it. <laughs> funny. Uh, speaking of billionaires and uh, penis... <laughs> that's a weird combo have you have you ever seen uh <laughs> this is gonna start wrong have you ever seen bezos's rocket ship uh no <laughs> it's, it's, is it it a um, penis no it definitely looks like it. it's it's dick it's dick shaped <laughs> it's got like two boosters on the lower side of it and then it comes up as a normal rocket it's got like a mushroom head capsule. <laughs> you think you did that on purpose? Maybe. Just fucking with people. Yeah, fuck it. it. Why not? <laughs> Sending a dick into space. Well, Jeff, Bezos, Elon Musk, either you want to come on the show, come on over. <laughs> yeah. Come come over to our lovely abode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the world's smallest closet. <laughs> yeah. You can sit on a comfy bed. <laughs> Good Someday stuff. we'll have a real table that doesn't do this. Yeah. Squeak, squeak. With maybe not purses behind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bags. Your your girl has a lot of bags. Like She's got a lot of baggage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant, but all right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well. So, tell us a little bit about uh, what we're doing today. Well, what we're doing today is, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to build a pyramid, paint some paintings, and start a revolution. Get ready for Lennon's History Corner. A little bit of a flare B-roll for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try. Well. I need enough videos to make this into a good collage. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I just noticed I'm doing this chair squeaking thing. Again. Yes. The whole Patreon here was. <laughs> Spoiler, we ADD makes me fidget. Recorded Patreon today. Well, a pretty good one, though. Pigman and Frogman, local legends. Local small town small tales. Town let's, tales. Get the, let's get the title right. Small, small town, town tales. tales. You want to listen? 
Come on over to Patreon. Get real serious here. All right. <laughs> Trying to get comfortable. Let me tell you some shit. Well, well, in the summer of 1952, the U.S. was in the middle of saucer mania. Yes, it's still. Yes. <laughs> uh, they were the talk of the town. A widespread craze of, of sightings and fascination was spreading all across the country. It all started in the 1947. It all started in 1947 with the Kenneth Arnold sighting, which we have discussed in episode two. Mm-hmm. And I've also discussed in what multiple times in the yes. saucer mania. Yes. But if you missed all of that. <laughs> and Roswell and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes. A brief summary is that in 1947, a search and rescue pilot named Kenneth Arnold reported seeing saucer-like things flying in these, sorry, quote unquote, saucer-like things flying like geese in a diagonal chain-like line. Okay. Near the Mount Rainier, near Mount Rainier in Washington State. And if you haven't listened to episode two, we will put it. I don't know which way I got a point. It's above your head, Lennon. It's above his head. That's where the tag is. <laughs> uh, he said that these objects were traveling at speeds exceeding 1,000 mph. Now, I don't know what mph means. My pretty hair? <laughs> <laughs> it's my pretty hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they're going around a thousand, faster than 1,000 miles an hour. That's a pretty good speed. Uh, a short time after the. After this, reports were flooding in all across the country. Even weeks after, everyone started like, hey, I've seen shit too. I know these Apparently, shit. there was a lot of reports in the South. <laughs> I've seen shit too. <laughs> Gosh darn, what in tarnation is this thing? Martha, get the shotgun. <laughs> Come out here and look at this. <laughs> in, ni- <clears throat> in 1948, Air Force General Nathan Twinning created the first official military investigation project to investigate and collect information on these quote-unquote saucers. Yeah, these also sounds... I think we talked about that in Roswell as well. Twinning report you talked about. Yeah, that's why it sounded familiar. I was like, I thought we... Yeah. We're on episode 30, guys. We got quite a bit of... (laughs) Unfortunately, not all of them are on YouTube, so there will be no tag for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the project that he created was called Project Sign. Mm-hmm. Now, Project Sign, which stands for S I G N, stands for <laughs> sign. I had the intention of looking that up, but apparently I never did. <laughs> project Strategic um, Intergalactic I Planetary. Intergalactic Planetary. All right, go ahead. Uh, the Project Sign would eventually turn into the well-known Project Blue Book that has, uh, Project Blue Book that everyone has heard of by 1952. Mm-hmm. Blue Book was headed up by Captain Edward Ruppelt. The project was run out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Daytona. Nope. Day- Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Daytona. <laughs> They moved it. It was headed out in the middle of the Daytona 500, right on center field. Oh. <laughs> I can't hear shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> UFO. You have to speak up. I can't hear shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that tickles my lip. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, um, she has said that a couple times. <laughs> in April of 1952. <laughs> <laughs> As the squeaky breaks. Project sign-off. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Fucking Bing sucks. Fuck you, Bing. Give us Google. Yeah, Google. Google Doogle. <laughs> Google Doogle. Google Doogle. That's, that's actually the company's full registered name. Um, In April of 1950, did you have the answer? No, no, keep going. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word. What's it called when you, you is it abbreviations? When I'm you, thinking, yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure. No. Nope. When you, no. It's called an acronym. Ah, it was You're close. Thank you. In April of 1952, an issue of Life magazine was released. It ran it with an article called, There is a Case for Interplanetary Saucers. I'm not going to lie. I can't find shit on Project Sign. All I get is Project Grudge, Project Blue Book. Maybe that's why I didn't write it. I couldn't remember. Anyway, the issue of Life Magazine, mm-hmm. the article was running it, like I said, but the headline was on the cover. Right. Right above the stunning and glorious Marilyn Monroe. 
Oh, was it that classic shot of her putting her skirt down? No. If Courtney allowed, I would have a big poster of it somewhere. It'd be behind me, though, because you want to look at it. Yeah, no, not in here. <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> right no. above the shower. What was it? What was it? Oh, Christmas vacation. He had it on the wall above at the ceiling. <laughs> you know, that wall that's on the ceiling. <laughs> the wall above the ceiling. <laughs> he had it on the ceiling. It was above his bed. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross? Well, the connotation. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, feeding the geese. <laughs> Choking the chicken. Yanking the chains. Anyway. Bert Kreischering it. <laughs> Got this, honey. <laughs> Well, like I said, it was this was in April. This was, this was in April of 1952 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He sat on throne of lies. The reports, the the United States Air Force supposedly spiked incredibly after the issue came out, really adding to the workload for the people at Project Blue Book. Nice um, assholes. The article had statements from Rupelt himself. I hope I'm saying his name right, and it's not like Ruppelt. That's what I, I in my head, was calling Ruppelt when I okay. talk about him. Ruppelt himself, as Rupert. well as scientists who claim to be working on top-secret government projects. So, the article had many, um, from what I read, I didn't read the article, I just read, like, uh, what they read they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they went through a bunch of different... Um, reports in the years and then they had like scientists weigh in on them and mm-hmm. they asked questions uh rupel talked about what the the work they're doing in project blue book and stuff like that so saucer mania <laughs> saucer mania um enter july 19th <laughs> july 19th to 20th nope that's just my title july. for myself <laughs> yep 19th um, to 20th it was just before midnight on the night of Saturday, July 19th, 1952. In Washington, D.C., an average summer night was in full swing. I don't know what nightlife I had back then, but I'm sure it was popping on a Saturday night. <laughs> At the Washington National Airport, an air traffic controller named Edward Nugent noticed something odd. That's not an air traffic controller. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Um... He noticed something odd. He saw seven slow-moving radar blips on the radar blip machine. (laughs) He noted the oddity of it as it wasn't near any known military or civilian flight paths. He joked with the supervisor about a quote-unquote fleet of flying saucers in the area. (laughs) (laughs) Little did he know. Jokes on him. This was at the same time that other air traffic controllers visually saw a bright light hovering in the distance before flying away at a high rate of speed. Did it say how fast? Did not. Okay, just okay. darted away. At Andrews Air Force Base, the same radar blips were being witnessed, as well as one witness who described an orange ball of fire trailing a tail. Oh, that was just the flying fox. The flying fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the tails. Batman. Tails. Oh, yeah. oh, I was thinking tails. What were you thinking? Batman. Well, I did this because I was thinking of a flying fox, but uh, the flying fox is the name of Batman's, gotcha. one of Batman's um, aeroplanes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge DC guy, so. So, yeah, an orange ball of fire trailing a tail. Yes. The radar blips were again slow moving at first before shooting off around 7,000, whatever that MPH is again. So you do have the speed. All right, all right. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I had to Yes, around yeah. 7,000. Pilot. Flying by DC, a commercial pilot um, saw a civvy pilot <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, f- flying over by DC, Virginia area. Saw six bright lights flying at the same time as all of these radar blips were being recorded. Noting that he said that they quote unquote looked like falling stars without tails. Gotcha. It's fun to observe and say, hey, what the heckaroo is that? It sure is a grand old time. Gosh, gee whiz, what is that? Gee willikers. But the minute these saucers flew above the White House, shit got real fast. Mm-hmm. I imagine mm-hmm. a red light going off at some Air Force war room Ooga. with an alarm sounding. Some desk jockey running with papers falling everywhere. He's slightly balding, glasses, brown tweed suit. Imagine... <laughs> 
immediately. I can, I can picture this, right? <laughs> Running and they're fucking going everywhere. <laughs> uh, immediately, when the shit got real, tool of tool. Two, what a tool. <laughs> two of the coolest Air Force planes I've ever seen were ready to fuck something mm-hmm. up. Two F-94 interceptors were then scrambled. Interceptors on your night? Nice. Do you know, have you seen the F-94 interceptor? I haven't. I have an F-94 Starfighter. That's cool, too. Starfighters, jet fighters. Mm-hmm. The, intercept, the F-94 interceptors look badass as fuck. Do they? I'll yeah. Keep talking. Don't mind me. Um, I, what, wait, what We're going to add those. Starfighters. What kind? Star F-94. Oh, Starfighters. Starfire jet fighters. Starfire. Hey, they look the same. They probably are the same. Why do they have two different names? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look the same. <laughs> So they they must just have two names then. Yeah. The Starfires I got are not Starfire. That's. You know, it's probably a different. The uh, interceptors have the ball at the end of the wing. Yeah. Okay. Fire. What the hell did I say it was? They also have that cool ass nose cone. Yeah. F ninety Starfire. Mm-hmm. So that's what I looked up, and I get the. Uh, I don't know F ninety four. There's probably different. Yeah, it's um, the same. Mili- military aircraft terminology, probably different payloads. Must be, right? They're both F-94s. F-94s. Yep. But one's a Starfire that I'll be talking about, and you had the Interceptor. You know what um, upsets me is I went to Air and Space Museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I wanted to go there. And I'm pretty positive that they have one there. Yeah. I completely missed it. Really? I, or at least I don't remember seeing it. It was There's the actual st- one in the Intercept. Uh, yeah, so I probably missed it. I was looking through my pictures I took. I'm like, I don't see it anywhere, so I definitely didn't see it. It's all right. You'll, anyway. go, you'll, you'll go back again. You mm-hmm. know someone lives there. Yeah. So these planes, mm-hmm. badass, cool shit. Yes, they are. But every time that these F-94s approach the position of the radar bogeys, <laughs> terminology, they would vanish from radar contact. More terminology. That's right. And by the early hours of July 20th, the objects were all gone from visual... And, and they, they just radar instrumentation disappeared. They disappeared. <clears throat> back at the Batcave, the sightings were never reported to Rupelt. It wasn't until a few days later, Rupelt, when he flew to DC on his own, that he saw the news reports. He tried to go to Andrews and National to interview the witnesses, but could not get a government issued car nor cab fare. So he gave up and went home. He did not speak with any of them before he returned to Ohio. But. Daku. Sorry, sorry, I thought there was a pause. The Lockheed F-94 Starfighter, Starfire mm-hmm. was a first-generation jet-powered all-weather day-slash-night interceptor mm. of the U.S. Air Force. Oh, so it's so it is the same. It's the same one. It would have been weird if they sent two different planes in so, a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, your research called it an interceptor. My research called it a star, but it's the mm-hmm. same plane. All same right, plane. Cool. So, yeah, they're cool looking plane. <laughs> I wanted to look that up. Mm-hmm. Real quick, um, he he gave up after not being allowed a government issued car or cab fare. I I don't know. He why. threw a hissy fit. <laughs> I don't know why he would give up so easily. Not saying he like had to go do this, but small obstacles. <laughs> How bad do you want? Is the question right it's, with anything? You know, mm-hmm. you have desire. Do you desire to do something? Sure. And you have oh, opportunity. Uh-huh. Right. What are you going to do with that opportunity? And then you have obstacles that get in your way, like not having a fucking cab. <laughs> Great. He was not dedicated. No, he was not. Poor guy. I was trying to come up with something. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I was going with it. Just go with it, man. <laughs> I, like I don't it. know. <laughs> Long story short, he was a weak-ass bitch. <laughs> so he, he didn't speak with anybody before he returned to Ohio. But... He may have another chance, which presented itself the following Saturday. What happened? I don't know. No, okay. <laughs> it's July, Saturday, July 26th through the 27th. Oh, that's my note. <laughs> <laughs> the event. On July 26th, like 1952, 8.15 p.m., a pilot and stewardess on the national flight over D.C. saw some lights above their plane, and within minutes... Radar centers in National Airport and Andrews Air Force Base were tracking them. More unknown items, not them. 
Breaking news. We got <laughs> it's an evasion. <laughs> United States Air Force Master Sergeant Charles E. Cummings. I was waiting till you were drinking. <laughs> Charles E. Cummings was able to see the objects over Andrews and stated, in quotes, these lights did not have the characteristics of shooting stars. You see? I can't do that voice right now. There were no trails. They traveled faster than any shooting star I have ever seen. <clears throat> I have never seen a shooting star, so I don't know how fast that is. I have. They're pretty cool. Yeah? It's, I'd love to see one. It's um, not surreal. Yeah. But it's hard to comprehend something moving that fast when you see it. It's pretty wild. It, uh, a couple of years ago, we went out on the dock on the cabin mm-hmm. on the Adirondacks. We were all looking up, and there was apparently a shooting star that flew by that somehow I missed. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I've come to seeing one, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. Could it be? Could it be? Well, meanwhile, the press... Back at the back end. <laughs> back at the back end. Meanwhile, press spokesman for Project Blue Book, Albert M. Chop, arrived at National Airport, denying several reporters' requests to photograph the radar screens. Now, I'm assuming photograph as in going to the tower. Mm-hmm. He's not fucking carrying a briefcase with the radar screens <laughs> on it. <laughs> at about 9.30 p.m., Albert Chop, arrived at the radar center where they were detecting more unknown objects in every sector. These objects at times were moving slowly. Other times they were, would reverse their direction and shoot across the radar screen, screen at speeds that were calculated to be around, just like you said, 7,000 millis per hair. You got that too? I don't know I don't what know. the fuck that is. Whatever. At 11.30 p.m., two... F-94 Starfire Jet Fighters, a.k.a. Interceptors, from Newcastle Air Force Base in Delaware, arrived over Washington, D.C. Highway (laughs) to... (laughs) The sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) They're not driving them like this. That shows how much I know about pilots. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) 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 Fucking dummy. Definitely not. (laughs) The flight leader, Captain... John McHugo. That's a name. Yeah, I was I was waiting for Hugo Strange to come out. Oh. John McHugo was directed towards the radar blips, but he saw nothing every time. His wingman, though, Lieutenant William Patterson, did see four white glows, white glows and was chasing them around. Lieutenant Patterson said, I tried to make contact with the bogies ah. below 1,000 feet. I was at the maximum speed, but I ceased chasing them because I saw no chance to overtake them. Mm-hmm. We both had bogeys. When ground I said bogey. When ground control to major time. Sorry. Space oddity. <laughs> yeah. When ground control asked Lieutenant Patterson if he saw anything, he replied, I see them now and they're all around me. What should I do? Albert Chop said that nobody replied because nobody knew what the hell what to tell him. <laughs> and we said what the hell to tell him. Yeah. What to tell him? On July 27th, after midnight. So now we're technically the next day. Mm-hmm. Project Blue Book, it's plural, Project Blue Book's liaison at the Pentagon, Major Dewey Fournette. <laughs> He's a little moist. <laughs> and U.S. Navy Radar Specialist Lieutenant John Holcomb arrived at the Radar Center in National Airport. Didn't you have Holcomb in yours? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. I think you briefly mentioned them, so either way. The Washington National Weather Station called Lieutenant Holcomb that night and told him that there was a slight temperature aversion. A temperature aversion, inversion, not aversion, sorry, Mm -hmm. inversion, occurs when a layer of warm air forms in the low atmosphere, trapping cooler air beneath. Radar signals can bounce off this layer at shallow angles and mistakenly show near-ground objects as appearing in the sky. Isn't that weird? It, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen that much anymore because we've upgraded that, it. But The fact that temperature could have affected radio frequency. That was my hand. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> and by radio frequency, I don't know if that's how radar works. I can't remember what type of... I don't honestly know. ...scanning it does. But either way, the fact that temperature can affect that... 
bounces off the atmosphere and you, you get a, I don't know, like a, a, a steamboat or something. Yeah. You get a uh, big boy um, from Austin Powers. <laughs> big boy. Austin Powers. I love Austin Powers and I don't remember Big Boy. Remember uh, Austin Powers 2, mm-hmm. Dr. Evil's back. And you see Big Boy coming mm-hmm. out of from from space back down. And then the radar, Big oh. Boy shape comes up on the radar. Oh, now I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a that's blast out memory lane. That's a reference. Over the city. It was the ending of the uh, temperature inver- of inversion. I, for some reason, separated those and then exp- instead of then... Wow, mid-sentence. That was idiotic. <laughs> so it was over the city, the temperature inversion. Inversion, not adversion. Why do I want to say adversion? What the fuck is adversion? Adversion. Adversion. I think it's going to be some kind of uh, formation or variation <laughs> on adverse. And, and shun. Yeah. Lieutenant Holcomb didn't think the inversion was nearly strong enough to explain the good and solid readings on the radar. Really? Right. Major Fournette said that everyone present in the radar room was convinced that the targets were most likely caused by solid metal objects. Mm-hmm. I was running out of breath. <laughs> I should have just took a breath. Now they had two more F-94s scrambled that night, with one pilot seeing nothing unusual and the other seeing a white light which vanished when he moved towards it. Hmm. What what ensued was a game of high-speed whack-a-mole. Hmm. They tell him where one is, he'd go over there, it'd disappear. It just kept... Ah, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Civilian aircrafts also... I think you touched on this one. I don't know if it's the same <clears throat> thing, though. Civilian aircrafts also sl- saw glowing objects that night mm-hmm. that corresponded with blips that were on the radar screen. Just like the night of the 20th, the sightings and unknown radar returns ended at sunrise. Let's talk a little bit about the aftermath. (laughs) Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is spooky, even when we're in Christmas. (laughs) Krampus. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Aftermath. Yes. The incident, the after... Hey, I gave these things titles. This is like... That's what I do. What am I... Mike Tyson. Thank you. I couldn't think of a name. Mike Tyson. <laughs> I was trying so hard to think. I kick your ass, man. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I wouldn't fuck with the man. Without an in-depth investigation or consulting Rupolt, Rupelt or the Project Blue Borg team, uh, the Air Force called a press conference. They thought the best course of action was to feed the press and public an easy-to-swallow explanation. Mm-hmm. Or as my note says, exclamation. (laughs) Glad I didn't like read it word for word and looked at you. On July 29th, 1952, a press conference was held at the Pentagon by Air Force Major Generals John Samford, a U.S. Air Force person, director of intelligence. The Rogers, not the, and, and (laughs) Rogers, fuck me, and Roger Ramey. United States Air Force Director of Operations. Mm. So we got two directors there. Mm-hmm. Samford stated. Real quick. Yes, sir. Um, did you read, or I hope I'm not taking a note away from you. Nope, you're fine. This was the biggest um, military press conference that they've had at this time until since World War II. I did read that. I don't think I made a note about it, yeah. though. But, yeah, I, so I did read that. So everyone was like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, it would have been nice if they consulted the other people in the investigation and just be like, no, no. We gotta make. We gotta get ahead of this shit. Right. And we gotta make some shit up. <coughs> they might not have made some shit. Anyway, Samford stated that the visual sightings over the nation's capital could be explained by misidentified aerial phenomenon like stars and meteors, and the unknown radar blips could be caused by temperature inversion, which was present on both nights of the incident. Samford also stated that. The unknown radar blips were not caused by solid material objects and posed no threats to national security. When asked if the Air Force had recorded similar UFO radar blips prior to the D.C. incident, Samford responded by saying there had been hundreds of such contacts where Air Force fighter pilots' intercepts, interceptions sorry, had taken place, but stated there were 
No, they were all fruitless. Sorry, not. Mm-hmm. I don't know I was going there. <laughs> <laughs> Joke didn't come out, so I just abandoned ship <laughs> mid, mid, like mid word. It wasn't even a sentence. Bail. It was, Bail. It was mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Major General Stamford Samford would constantly dodge certain questions about what pilots and radar operator. I skipped what radar operators had seen, and instead kept coming back to the temperature aversion theory over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Never mind that Rupelt had since come to the conclusion that a temperature inversion wasn't the cause. Mm-hmm. The radar operators said, inversions happen. We know what inversions look like. This is not an inver- inversion. How many times can I throw inversion in a fucking <laughs> sentence? I know this is a quote, but Jesus, this is not the same at all. To Rupelt's disappointment, the Air Force press conference worked exactly as planned. The papers reported the temperature inversion story, and the public largely seemed to accept it. Mm-hmm. Fucking gullible bitches. Some of them. Not all of you. Not you listeners. That's why you listen. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> That's right. Among the people who supported the Samford... Yeah, the Sanford explanation, sorry, was the crew of a B-25 bomber. They had been flying over D.C. during the... Oh, I had the corner of my eye. All I saw, I thought you were doing this. I was like, wow, uh, you don't like B-25 bombers, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bombers. (laughs) Fucking bombers. They had been flying over D.C. during the July 26th through 27th incident Mm -hmm. where they were directed several several times... Over unknown targets. Sunknown. Mm. It's kind of like unknown, but some unknown. But sun know them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On the airport radar, in which the crew saw nothing. One of the crew members relate, <laughs> related that what? <laughs> the story of that so far was just, they were flying over the area at the time. Nobody saw anything. Great. But <laughs> one of the members related that, the radar had a target which turned out to be a Wilson Line steamboat trip to Mount Vernon. The radar was sure as hell picking up that steamboat. It was really getting, you were kidding, you weren't getting about steamboat. I wasn't. <laughs> Incredible. I wasn't. So that's why I was like, I only included this because of that that's gonna like, make, finding. That's going to make a fantastic point for the description. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it's a fucking steamboat. There's steamboats in the sky, ladies and gentlemen. That's awesome. Another Air Force. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's the big wheel. Hey, yeah. Don, don't mind me. <laughs> We're on our way to Mount Vernon. <laughs> Stay on your lane. <laughs> Another Air Force captain, Harold May. Sorry, I thought it was shaking all over the place. It was. I also want to make sure that it's still recording, unlike last time. Another Air Force car- captain. Harold May was in the radar center at Air Andrews Air Force Base during the July 19th through 20th incident. That's your incident. Ooh. When the radar showed an unknown object coming their way, he stepped outside. He said he saw a light that was changing from red to orange to green to red again, at times dipping suddenly and appearing to lose altitude. He concluded... It was just a star that was being distorted by the atmosphere, and the movement was only an illusion. Mm-hmm. Tis illusion. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're looking at. The Air Force requested that the CAA's Technical Development and Evaluation Center do an analysis of the radar sightings. They also concluded that a temperature inversion had been indicated in most every instance when the the unidentified radar targets or visual objects had been reported. Uh, my question is, in these radar rooms, there's usually seasoned controllers, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they know a difference between a temperature inversion and a solid fucking object on the radar? You would think, but it also depends on what kind of seasoning they got on them. Yeah, is it cheddar? Cheddar? I was thinking steak? Montreal steak. Oh, uh, yeah, no, seriously, they should be able to tell the difference, I would think. Oh, I would think so, right? But then again, how common is that? 
But also, how does that explain the ones that are traveling, stop, reverse, and they shoot 7,000 miles per hour the other way? Well, that that is an explanation for the uh, instrumentation. Mm-hmm. But what about all the visual reports people saw? Atmosphere. Yeah. Distortion. An illusion. Exactly. It's all bullshit. There's no, cr- not, not saying credible, but that's the, that's just such a, um, I can't think of the word right now. Um, it's easy, just an easy excuse. Yes, type exactly. Thing. Yeah. Well, you got to give those every once in a while. Well, CIA historian Gerald Haynes, in his 1997 history of the CIA's involvement with UFOs, mentioned that Truman was concerned, stating, a massive buildup of sightings over the U.S. in 1952, especially in July, alarmed the Truman administration. On July 19th and 20th, radar scopes at Washington National Airport and Andrews Air Force Base tracked mysterious blips. On 27th July, the blips reappeared. The, the CIA reacted to the 1952 wave of UFO reports by forming a special study group. <laughs> that was the joke, and I, I yeah. Anyways, within the U, the, yeah, within the Office of Scientific Intelligence (OSI) and Office of Current Intelligence (OCI). Do we have past intelligence? How about future intelligence? (laughs) (laughs) To review the situation. (laughs) Um, It was concluded that the group... It was concluded for the group by Edward Taus that most UFO sightings could be easily explained by recommended... But recommended that the agency... (laughs) Agency... Could be uh, continue to monitor the problem. Mm-hmm. Totally screw myself up, but by recommending, it can be solved by recommending. <laughs> I recommend. That's it. That's it. The rest of it? <laughs> nope. Nope. Just recommend. <laughs> well, in July, <laughs> January. It's close to July 9th. An incredible one. <laughs> January. In July, not January. I can't remember what mine was. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember either. I don't either, but that's incredible. We fuck up We're going to create all the time. We're creating a year now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 19,534, no, in January of 1953, <clears throat> the Robertson panel, panel was created because the CIA's concerns with the UFO issues. Mm-hmm. Do you have more on the Robertson panel? Uh, I do. All right. I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Sports. Um, I should have kicked it over to you, but nobody could see my leg. <laughs> so the year is 1952. The world's in the middle. No, I'm just kidding. Saucer mania. Woo! It's beginning now. Huh? With the ever-increasing reports mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of U.S. Nope. <laughs> U.S. <laughs> of UFO activity, rampant widespread, widespread news headlines, and rising frigid tensions of the Cold War. <laughs> I thought you said rising frigid temperatures. Well, sometimes. It is cold. We're going to a uh, ice age. We're going to an Antarctic base. Um, yeah, in 2023 we will be. So what? Now? We'll be talking about in 2023. Oh, that, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, that's what we we're talking. We're not about. actually gonna travel there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we're, no. we're we're going to Antarctica. You're not allowed to. <laughs> um, that's what you think. I have clearance now. Ooh. Yeah, they call in Antarctica. Never mind. <laughs> we just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> we should do an Antarctica one <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes this thing doesn't do the work. Uh, at least yours reads well. Mine doesn't read well. It, you know that, like, when you're trying to plug your charger in behind your bed and yeah. you're like fumbling around forever. I know it's there. That's what my brain was doing for a second. I usually <laughs> stick my finger in the socket. <laughs> That's why I can't talk anymore. <laughs> anyway. The frigid tensions of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CIA, which is the Central Intelligence Agency, oh. put together a group of scientists to investigate if this activity was a threat to national security or not. Mm. So it's kind of almost, correct me if I'm wrong, the right. same thing that Project Blue Book was already doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whatever. Well, create, why not? Create a new one. You know why? Because these guys are controlled by the government. There we go. In January... <laughs> January of 1953, mm-hmm. the CIA put Howard Percy Robertson, a professor of mathematics, physics, mathematical physics, 
All the above. All of them. <laughs> At the California Institute of Technology, in charge of assembling a dream team of crack scientists. Well, get off the crack and maybe you'll actually find something. <laughs> uh, Howard Stark, Anthony Stark, Bruce Banner. Hank Pym. Hank Pym, thank you. Uh, Janet Van Dyne. And they brought in, because they had Bruce to. Bruce Wayne. Bruce, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> and Brainiac. Barry Allen. All the above. All of them. All the, Every all, single one. Anyway. And then they had the muscle. <laughs> yeah. Hulk and Thor. Uh, Thor. Huh? Hulk and Thor. <laughs> I was trying to say Superman, but it came out Thor. <laughs> Silk cloth. I, the panel. <laughs> I, the panel. The, the panel. Death, <laughs> <laughs> the panel reviewed records and files from the, the U.S. Huh? Nothing. Nothing. I didn't. I just didn't hear. I know. I was going to make a joke. I was like, stop interrupting the man. Let him speak. <laughs> the panel reviewed records and files mm-hmm. from the U.S. Air Force from 1947 to 1952. Mm-hmm. They combed through Project Sign and... Com- uh, no. They combed <laughs> through Project Sign and Project Blue Book files to check to see whether the um, conclusions were explainable or not and whether or not Project Blue Book did a good job explaining them. Let me guess. They didn't, so they had to make up a new one. Uh well, that's a guess. I really don't know. They did say that most of the f- most of the accounts or sightings um can be accredited to natural or other explainable phenomena. Of course, most of them they said. Did you explain did they explain it? They did not. Of course they did. There's a bunch of them that they Why said they? were like majority of these are explainable. So don't worry about it. <laughs> that kind of shit. Um, Roswell, it was just a gas ball. Right. A weather balloon. <laughs> weather balloon. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Um they interviewed Captain Edward J. Ruppelt and astronomer Jalen Hynek of Project Blue Book. I like you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was a weird thing to blurt out. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was ran- that was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't even catch you saying <laughs> that. <laughs> I saluted first off. Which is an astronomer, not in the army. <laughs> you probably are, meant to say, "I salute you." Yeah, <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I salute you. I like it. As far as you say, I like you. Oh, that was great. Ooh. Anyways, <laughs> wow. So the um, the panel mm-hmm. met for a few days in January. <laughs> you, have, um, you have to think about how to say that. Yeah, they they comb through all these files. Mm-hmm. And then they released a final report to the CIA afterwards, which was not made public until the 70s. Of course. It is available online now. Oh, did you read through it? <laughs> Let me tell you, I read through some of it. That's <laughs> it. Um, These reports are long and they are dry. They're very long. But I did go to the back of it where it says the final findings and reportings. So we're going to read through some of them. Let's do it. But first, because this report is the same thing on a different website, I'm going to get it where it's typed up, and I don't have to read this old fucking <clears throat> shitty ass. <laughs> fucking shit. Because it's on the... T- 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 oh, one of those thingies. Yes. And it's also... So someone actually typed it up for you? Yes. Not not for you. Just for you. Just for me. <laughs> hey, can you type this up for me? Yeah, I got you, homie. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. There's so many blacked out things, too. Yeah. Like um, on this typed up one, it just says blacked out, blacked out, blacked out. And I fucking hate that. Well, if, what, why? Let me guess. It's like uh, bogus. So we're going to read through some of it. The report, that, that little popping noise you heard, that was my beard getting caught in the mic. <laughs> 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 Pursuant, it's a lot of old timey government shit. Oh, Pursuant to the request, request of the Assistant Director for Scientific Intelligence, mm-hmm. The undersigned panel of scientific consultants has met to evaluate any possible threat to national security posed by unidentified flying objects, quote-unquote flying saucers, and to make recommendations thereon. So they put their recommendations for how to proceed. Mm. The panel has received the evidence as presented by cognizant intelligence agencies, preliminary, primary, primarily, all the above, Primarily. I think we switched brains. You can't read now. I know. I can't read. I was reading a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Primarily, the Air 
Technical Intelligence Center and has reviewed a selection of the best documented incidents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As a result of its considerations, the panel concludes. <laughs> that was for video only people. Uh, a. That the evidence presented on unidentified flying objects shows no indication that these phenomena constitute a physical threat to national security. First off, phenomena. 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 <laughs> we firmly believe that there is no residuum. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that word means. Residuum? Yeah. Okay. Keep of, talking. Of Keep cases talking. which indicates phenomena which are attributable to foreign artifacts capable of hostile acts. And that there is no evidence that the phenomena indicated indicates a need for revision of current scientific concepts. So. Basically, there's no evidence that these are that this these incidences are uh, foreign, mm-hmm. meaning probably extraterrestrial foreign, right. and that there's no need. They don't seem possibly capable of of um, hostile acts, and that there's no need for us to rewrite, rewrite what we know about science because of the time it's like we think that there's no other life out there. So we don't need to rewrite the science books saying that there's life out there now. By the way, it's scary to think that there isn't any other life out there. Sorry. Yes. That to me is more scary. Residuum, a substance or thing that remains or is left behind, in particular a chemical residue. There's no residuum of cases. So there's no cases left. Okay. Got it. The panel further concludes that the continued emphasis on the reporting of these phenomena does, in these perilous times, result in a threat to the orderly function of the protective organs of the of the body politic. Basically, what? Basically, the way that the news is reporting on this, mm-hmm. the it, it would create it's creating mass panic and chaos that will disrupt society. Is what it thinks. Oh, I gotcha. I'm just trying. To f- I'm trying to think of how it would. By the way, it's reported on. I mean, we right here. We cite as oh, examples. Thank you. I didn't wait long enough. The clogging of channels of communication by irrelevant reports. Mm-hmm. The danger of being led by continued false alarms to ignore real indications of hostile action, mm-hmm. and the cultivation of a morbid national psychology, in which skillful hostile propaganda could induce hysterical behavior and harmful distrust of duty-constituted authority. Okay. So. I can get that now. Yes. Yeah. In order to most effectively, in order most effectively to strengthen the national facilities for the timely recognition and the appropriate handling of true indications of hostile action and to minimize the concomitant, concomitant, Concomitant. I don't know what that word is. Tell me it. C O N C O M I T A N T. Got it. Concomitant. Concomitant. Naturally, naturally accompanying or associated. Naturally accompanying or associated. Got it. And to minimize the concomitant dangers alluded to above, the panel recommends. Oh, sorry. Uh, a phenomenon that naturally accompanies or follows something. That, that one makes more sense. That There's does. two definitions. It does. Okay. Uh, the panel recommends the following. Mm-hmm. That the national security agencies take immediate steps to strip the unidentified flying right. objects oh. <laughs> of Sorry. the special status that they have been given and the aura of mystery that they have unfortunately acquired. Fuck you guys. No. No more. You're done. You have no more rights. <laughs> so they want to take away the fascination of it. Yeah. Um, they did a bang-up job, haven't they? Oh, great job so far. <laughs> uh, they also recommend that the national security agencies institute policies on intelligence, training, and public education designed to prepare the material defenses in the morale of the country to recognize most promptly and to react most effectively to true indications of hostile intent or action. How do you know if it's hostile or not? Exactly. It's, it's, it's relevant. It's subjective. It's flying to the nation, nation's capital. Shouldn't you take that kind of... Did it fire anything? <laughs> no. Um, 
But still, I mean, you, you don't just ignore it. No, 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 no. Yeah, how do you, but like you said, how do you take something that's hostile? Do you, you have to wait for it to attack you? I just don't get what, right. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Fuck it. Let it happen. Just I mean, let it happen. Yeah. If they also may that's, not have known that was our capital, to be honest, it could have just been any other fucking building. Uh, I mean, it depends on how depends much on how long they've been in, I was going to say it depends on how long yeah. they've been implanted. <laughs> um, finally, we suggest that these aims may be achieved by an integrated program designed to reassure the public of the total lack of evidence of imin- inimical forces behind the phenomenon to train personnel to recognize and reject false indications quickly and effectively and to strengthen regular channels for the evaluation of and prompt reaction to true indications of hostile measures. So the takeaways are UFOs aren't real. Mm -hmm. There's no threat to national security. None whatsoever. The real threat to national security is our human chaos that we will create by the media Mm -hmm. feeding us all this shit. They feed us enough shit, though. The government needs to take away our fascination of it. And also, the government needs to train agencies on how to deal with, um, to prepare for hostile actions. Main takeaways. All right. That's the Robertson panel. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. So, uh, followed by lots of blacked out so stuff. But then they cite, I'm sorry, don't make it. Yeah. No, no, you're good. They, uh, the, the next page after that has evidence presented, and it just tells all these. Um, think all the that was stuff they went over throughout all of it. Chart showing balloon launching sites in the United States. Chart showing selected actual balloon flight paths in relation to reported sightings. That those are charts in there. Gotcha. Um, seventy five case histories of sightings from nineteen fifty one to nineteen fifty two. Seventy five of them. Um, progress reports of Project Stork. Codename for the Battelle Memorial Institute contract work supporting. Some of these seemed interesting. How to make a fly orbit. Or, fly or, orbit. Fly orbit. It's definitely a fucking acronym. Gotcha. Motion well, picture of seagulls and brilliant sunlight showing high reflectivity. What? So I'm assuming that's 16. So I'm assuming that somewhere in here they're explaining a UFO sighting as seagulls being reflective. I got nothing on that's that. That's the only that's thing I can think of. Incredible. Um, yeah, that's why I was reading some through some of this stuff, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Miscellaneous official letters and foreign intelligence reports dealing with the subject. Copies of popular published works dealing with the subject. Here's the members of the committee. There's... The main members, Dr. H.P. Robertson, Chairman, Dr. Luis W. Alvarez, Dr. Lloyd W. Nope, Lloyd V. Berkner, and Dr. Samuel Goodsmith. Oh, he's a Goodsmith. Yeah, he's a Goodsmith. There's physicists, web, um, field of competency is what they're in. Gotcha. There, we got physicists, we got radar specialists, geophysicists. Atomic structure and statistical problems, astronomy, astrophysics. So there's lots of top top guys in this. Right. How many of them are like but civilian? That's the main thing. That's that. the main thing. This panel was made up of non-military. Oh, non-military. They had uh, Robertson select non-military scientists. Okay. So, well, California I Institute s- of Technology, University of California, Associated Universities Inc. Incorporated. Oh. Brookhaven National Laboratories Office of Research Operations, Johns Hopkins. Some names. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure not all UFO sightings are UFOs. That's not what I would say. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's No, no, there's definitely. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, those guys all went on to buy giant mansions and hundreds of cars after this panel. I don't know. It was weird. Well, I mean, you get that on the big jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Robinson panel. Well, it, it gave us some more excuses. Um, it's really just what it seems like all these fucking things do. Is just say, ah, it's it's nothing. Look over here. Right. It's, Don't mind the man behind the curtain. It's a long report. Mm-hmm. We have it linked in our notes. It's a long report, but it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I was I, I, I said I didn't read through all of it. 
but I did read through some of it. Right. And it's kind of interesting, the the explanations for stuff and what they're going through. Um, I like every page says secret security information. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah. Hmm. Robertson. Well, fuck that guy. I guess I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I can't do everything for you. I can't. So that's the Robertson panel, folks. And that's also Incident in Washington, D.C. The Washington, D.C. UFO incident. What's the fuck? What do you mean? Nightlife in the city. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fucking, that's a name right there. Uh, don't yeah. touch my. 1952, no, we'll say D.C. UFO incident. Semicolon. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> <clears throat> well. Wild nights. Wild stuff. Uh, fascinating UFO report there. Yes, uh, lots of things sparked from that. Um, and there's many other UFOs that we'll talk about. But One or two. One or two. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and Squatches, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. You can join us in the discussion by sharing your thoughts or theories on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They will be provided where Josh is pointing, if you're on video. Keep talking. <laughs> if you enjoy what we do here at Don't Touch My Sasquatch, and we know you do, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We know you do. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> would you like to... And would, would you like to... <laughs> Ask them. <laughs> would you like to support us? <laughs> I think you should. It's only about a cup of coffee. Come on. Uh, and would like to support us, join our Patreon to get bi-weekly bonus shows, discounts on merch, and direct contact with us to keep the conversation going. Mm -hmm. We have many bonus episodes going on. Mm -hmm. uh, as we said earlier, we have uh, the one we just did today was Small Town Legends Tales. Small Town Tales. Small Town Tales. Yes. Talking about so if you're part of Patreon and you have um, a tale in your city... Or tale, a legend tale, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. You yeah. could Myth, write in. Cryptid, legend, ghost story. But you won't listen, to, or you won't be able to hear it unless it's, you know, unless you're part of Patreon. Yeah. Which is, for the bonus episodes, you can just sign up to the $5 a month and still get it. So it's not right. a big deal. Yeah. Not Cup big, of coffee. Not a big deal. Cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah. Remember, the cream always rises to the top. So get going. <laughs> just go down there. Click Patreon. Sign up. You're good. And. It's not that hard. Run out of time. Huh? No, I'm still recording. <laughs> if you haven't signed up for Patreon by this point, and you, you literally like to got sign, a week. <laughs> yeah. And you would like to sign up now, you will get yourself some free merchandise because our end of the year incredible, uh, hey, we got a cool sale going on thing, uh, is going on for Patreon members, new Patreon members. <laughs> hey, we got a cool sale going on thing. <laughs> Just the end of year celebration. Yeah, celebrate our first year, year first one. First seven months. It's not even a year. Wait till our year anniversary. Yeah. It'll be a party. <laughs> We're going to Outback. <laughs> outback. Like hold on, hold on. I That's don't like too outback. expensive, by the way. Oh. We need a little cheaper. Like, uh, Taco Bell. Ain't Daddy Warbucks over here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, yeah, you can sign yeah. up. You'll get yourself some free merch. First 5 and $10 tier will get a free sticker. And the $15 tier will get yourselves a free T-shirt. Come get yourself a free T-shirt. With an exclusive design on it, only for you special Patreon members. Yes, sir. So, or ma'am. No, I was saying yes, sir, to you. I, you heard me. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fuzzy man, or a woman. I am a fuzzy man. <laughs> I do have beard. <laughs> I do have beard. I have beard. Um, you can hit the subscribe button for auto-downloads. So listen first thing every Monday morning, and you can drop us a five-star rating if you would like to. We would appreciate it. It will help us to grow and bring you guys more content for you to enjoy. Yes, sir. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the like button. Helps Do us that. out too, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to remember to add that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rock out. Uh, oh, yeah. If you want to like leave comments on there too, you can do that now too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be checking them. Um, just get in touch with us if you want. <laughs> Reach out. Reach out and touch someone. Isn't that a song? <laughs> Join us next Monday for our next stellar episode. <laughs> Write us, rate us, review us. And remember, stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. He's going to make you his prison bitch. Oh, no. Peace. See you. I'm a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Gets prison, John. Oh, I try to think of something. Yeah, like pew pew. <laughs> I'm shooting over here. Pew pew. Track break. That's a good one. <laughs> well, as soon as I fucking take a sip of the energy <laughs> drink, it's just like, hey, not, have you burped today? <laughs> not today, devil. Not today. <laughs> not I can't home. tell you how many times. This week, since editing 29, mm-hmm. I've said, not today. <laughs> not today. That's the funniest goddamn shit ever. Intergalactic planetary. Planetary. I gotta stop touching things. <laughs> What's this 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 thing? I didn't do that. Well, goodbye. I'm pretty sure we can count. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear voices in your head? Yes. No. She's the wife is home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was stupid. In January of 1953. Uh, Is it January? Hey, Brock. Is it January or is it July? (laughs) He's going to be frustrated for a second. Hold on, folks. No, she's yelling at him. If only you had glasses to wear. Well, I don't know where they are. Oh, you don't? I know where they are. You do? No. I don't think so. <laughs> How would I know? Fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a little behind the scenes here at the end of the episode. We'll just tell you that we're having some computer difficulties. Exactly. And uh, check out Patreon. Check out Patreon. You no, know, we're going to have this. <laughs> just check out Patreon. Um, if you're still here, I mean, thank you. Got it. <laughs>